0: My, you may be seated. It's my joy this morning to be able to share. The, I mentioned last week we have Paul and Ricky Clark here this morning from uh, Japan and, 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 well, actually, Jesus for, for Greater Asia, I think is the way to phrase it now. That's the website. Uh, from Osaka Bible Seminary. Um, and I just, just as a quick introduction, you are second generation, right? Your, your dad was ahead of you, Paul. And then your daughter is still is, is in the mission work there in Japan. And then you have grandchildren in Japan. So four generations there. And uh, their, their uh, daughter and son-in-law and, and uh, grandchildren are, are ministering to the area where the tsunami was. And uh, they're actually having some very successful ministry there. And it's really very exciting. I was asking Ricky earlier how many churches now that the OBC has been or OBS has been able to be involved in, and over 80 churches covering all of the islands of Japan. And one thing that people don't know about Japan is that it's a very very tough mission field. It's, it's, I don't know if there's a tougher one in the world. Uh, less than one percent still are Christian. And huh? <laughs> and uh, America's tougher he said uh, but uh, anyway it's it's exciting to what I wanted to share with you was from the, the, the scripture that um, BJ uh, shared this morning read this morning a scripture that's so common to us how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace who brings good news of happiness who publishes salvation who says uh, to Zion your God reigns and Paul puts that into a context of, of sharing the faith. I'd like to share this with, uh, from Romans chapter 10, um, where where Paul writing uh, says that uh, uh, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to believe in Him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach? Uh, unless they are sent, and as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so we are one small little part of helping send the people who are coming from the mountains bringing the good news, (laughs) if you will. And uh, it's a pleasure to turn the service over to you, Paul. Thank
1: you, Bob. I'm going to stand here for this part of the presentation so I can
0: kind of see what's
1: happening on the screen. Uh, We are Paul and Ricky and we have celebrated while in the States here this summer our 30 years in Japan. One congregation did us up real well at that. Gave us a standing ovation. Praise the Lord. I appreciated that Isaiah reading and the review of it today. Here's how we looked. Now these kids are all grown up and we have 12 grandchildren of them and uh, Our daughter, Jennifer, actually took this picture just a few weeks ago in Ishinomaki, Japan. Osaka Bible Seminary has always been a focus of our ministry. And let me say, this once anyway, that that is the focus of this congregation's support, is the continuance of Osaka Bible Seminary. And as a seminary in Christian education, it will always be appropriate to be supporting Osaka Bible Seminary. Some have stopped giving because they wanted to give to national workers. Every dollar of OBS money goes to national workers. So, Kansai Christian School is very much a part of our lives, especially over these 30 years. Centurion's ministry in Mongolia. I've been to Mongolia 25 times. Uh, I've entered the country 25 times, Ricky, some 10. And then our own uh, next door, it is uh, Congregation Nakaburi uh Kirish Tano Kyokai, Nakaburi Church of Christ. And then just our whole ministry, uh, Subscribers opened their home ministry to us last night, and our we're always there. We have four queen beds in the house, so we can accommodate some of you long Americans. Okay, Osaka Bible Seminary, and we'll, uh, if I, as I've already said, this is this is where your support is really going is in the creating of a national Japanese ministry. And uh, Brother Kishimoto up in the upper uh, left-hand corner is our present president. He's our second Japanese president, but he's the first post-war born president. And this is a whole new generation. Anybody under 55 is a whole new Japan. Not a westernized Japan, but a secularized Japan, and open as never Japan has been before. He has over 30 young people in ministry from his InterVarsity Life in Japan campus ministry, and now we have a growing uh, campus at OBS. And you can just see we have from all generations. The, go back. The dear brother in the bottom right, he came to campus when Ricky was in Japan. Bottom left. My other right. Go ahead. And uh, there's Brother Nakano. I was the transition from our missionary ministry to the present post-war born. And Brother Nakano was the Japanese who made that same Uh, transitional time for our OBS. And, Ricky, we already have noted that all over Japan, uh, because of our direct support, independent missionary movement, uh, our missionaries didn't crowd up in Tokyo or Osaka particularly, the the city areas, but we are all over. It's a a long story to tell you about Hokkaido. Pardon me, Hokkaido, yes, but Okinawa. We have a strong ministry in, in Okinawa, because of our earliest missionary there, so from Hokkaido at the north, I get them mixed up left and right. It is Hokkaido in the north and Okinawa, our our Hawaii, uh, Japan. That the seminary is offering open seminars on local, uh, in local congregations as well as on campus, and uh, people from the church at large are attending, and then we have our own. Uh, Maktikai kind of an alumni uh, meeting on campus uh, we have broken a hundred uh, near 200 but basically we're just always breaking about a hundred and then the uh, we have a, a national convention which our time in the states this year has been cut short because we our area is sponsoring it so we have to get back. Ricky has to play at the piano she's so uh, we uh, let me, I don't like to have missionaries come and talk about all the people in the picture. But we just welcomed this, I mean, this sister was just welcomed into the presence. And uh, she has a rich history with our Japanese church and some of the missionaries. This brother represents what's happening in Japan today. We have, I, I knew him when he was dating, giving my dad bad time. You know, we used to call it spooning, right? And they call it abeku, over in the park. But he represents, uh, his brother, is, it, is, his, is his son up there somewhere? He represents, he and his wife, the first generation of Japanese grand, Christian grandparents watching their grandchildren being raised in Christian homes. Amen. Across the board in Japan. There are exceptions, but across the board in Japan. And that's the Japan we've been waiting for. Like David and Solomon. God did something with Solomon he could not do with David. And God is now doing something in Japan with the under 55s that he couldn't do with those who are just the post-war generation. Our post-war born generation of the church. Pray about it being bonded to the one that has helped make it possible. Uh, Sufficient. Then, uh, Kansai Christian School From the time we arrived, Ricky has been our executive assistant and I have been on our board and I was chairman a number of years. Now I'm the chairman again. It is a ministry. Miss Ricky has made my ministry, our lives a success. Now we're trying to help her uh, with KCS, make KCS more of a success. Uh, Interesting here, it's not been happening. Uh, This is on you. This brother, uh, is going to be uh, going to Lincoln Christian Seminary, Lincoln Christian University, and this young lady is going to be going to uh, Milligan. So, uh, very interesting. But those are our uh, those are schools and our heritage, and we're excited about that. Uh, the school, this couple were Zen Buddhists, brought to the Lord through our KCS uh, principal and wife. And they needed a church for a relative's wedding. Uh, It came to us. Eventually, they came after coffee time and said, we want to be baptized. Okay. But they wanted to do it in America because his parents, his father uh, was a missionary kid. And they were wanting to be baptized in the Sacramento area. We said, well, we'll be in San Jose. So we baptized them at Central Christian Church in San Jose, but after he said they wanted to be baptized, she, they said, we want to get married. This is her 17-year-old son I had just baptized in this picture. But they had been Zen Buddhists. They wanted to have a Christian wedding. So, after the baptism in the morning, we had a wedding in the chapel in the afternoon. And they had visitors from different parts of America come all the way to the wedding. You're right. This is our KCS board. Uh, if it weren't for Ricky, we wouldn't be a school. And if it weren't for this gentleman, we wouldn't have a campus. Uh, his, his ministry is extricating Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons from, the, from those false religions. And his Japanese is outstanding. His counseling ability is outstanding. And between them, that is Ricky and he at our board meetings, they don't need a calculator. She confirms he's correct. That's crazy. All kinds of manner activity with a school like you would have in any school here. Except, with our small student body, we're over 40 now. Helps pay out the bills, helps pay out the loans for our campus. But, uh, uh, whereas here in the states, maybe not in Fortuna, but your schools are large enough that a class is a community, a family. Our school is a community, is a big family whether they're seniors or first graders. There's stories to tell about this, but the ring of flags represents graduates and faculty. If you are from a country that isn't represented up there as a graduate, you get your flag up. Uh, So we have quite a number. Ricky is waiting for her 10th principal. And our campus, the rice fields right to the front of it. Mongolia. Mongolia. Uh, as I said, I've entered the country 25 times. And we're basically in a discipling ministry as well as evangelism. But we're working with a centurion's ministry to the military because the military is so significant. Mongolia would stretch from Seattle to Chicago. It would, it would straddle in latitude the U.S.-Canadian uh, line. We live with 15 million people in our megatropolis, Kobe, Osaka, Kyoto. 15 million. All of Mongolia doesn't have three million. And most of them are in, in a couple of the cities. And, and the border stations are so important to the country. So, welcome. Uh, it's a discipling ministry as we work with leadership from behind. Uh, I, I almost, well, I always am speaking at retreats, leadership retreats, and uh, with cadets. You, you have a life on the floor in, in Mongolia as well as Japan. And uh, these ladies. Our retention rate among those who have come to the Lord is just really amazing. And, and the country has always been open, but it's not quite as open as it used to be. The destroyer is closing up hearts. We were working with senior officers. Here was after, I, I couldn't take a picture, have a picture taken of like, addressing the generals, but our Mongolian Pentagon, our, our chief of staff is Christian, one of our disciples. And here... Uh, the, the police in, in Mongolia are, are a national police. And, and so like the Europeans or particularly following the Russian model. And here I'm addressing a major portion of our Ulaanbaatar. We say UB like we don't say Los Angeles, we say L.A. So a, a major portion of our UB police force here. That's a church building. Would you consider having character guidance? Courses from this pulpit for your uh, California Highway Patrol? I understand we have a, 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 you have somebody in a congregation here, a foreign service uh, uh, graduate. <laughs> okay. And this is, this is Missionary Aviation Fellowship. We've used them to fly five hours out to the furthest western point. And this was on the Gobi Desert, on the China border. Uh, this was actually Kyrgyzstan border, Russia. Uh, here I'm preaching in a ten-wall gear. Uh, you would look, you would look like a crowd in there, but there'd be room for twice as many as here. I preach in a six-wall, eight-wall, and this is a ten-wall. Uh, we measure room by square footage. In Japan, it's by tatami mats, which is basically the size of a four-by-eight plywood sheet. There, it's by the accordion wall that hold the wall up. And this has ten ten pieces in the wall. You You can ask Brother Phil about the black sheep. I mean the black goats among the white sheep. Then our congregation next door, we gave up our pastor's wife to the Lord's presence a year and a half ago. He's doing well. He likes to use the whiteboard and use old flannel graph figures. We had a memorial service for those who have gone on to the Lord uh, from our congregation, and it was attended well by outsiders. Every year we have a, a big hit, is a taco party. I was going to get up here and say Ohio Gozaymas. Somebody came up to me and said Ohio Gozaymas this morning. What's that mean? Yeah, good morning. You know, that, that Midwest state, Ohio, just say,
2: <coughs>
1: I do yet have to preach. <coughs> okay. So. Uh, but taco is that eight-legged character called an octopus. It's also a kite. But because we already have two words in Japanese, taco, we have to say tacos for tacos. So now you know three words in Japanese plus Ohio plus aari Last year the Covenant Players, which is an international drama troupe, they were there for us. Then our house. Uh, it's very interesting <coughs> news to some of you, but we've had Christianity in Japan since year two hundred A.D. Two hundred A.D. This is like the house, uh, like house of David. This is a uh, house of light, and and that early Christian walk faith was known as Hikari. Uh, or help, 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 help. Uh, uh, the teaching of light. Thank you, brother. So, uh, light for life. We found that on a Japanese electric shop. We said, oh, we can use that. Light for life. Uh, here's Ricky's uh, class. Uh, she had another set of ladies. that She taught for 13 years. Grandma, as they said, it's too far to walk. Uh, we're not going to become Christians, so we're not coming anymore. This group, 16. One brother said, it's not our responsibility to make believers of them. It's our responsibility to give them something to hear. Romans 10. We're always entertaining. That's our oak round. You know, one of those that if you had 13 in your family and you're farming or milking cows, you've got to spread it out for everybody. We can spread it out. This is what it looks like on international nights from all countries. We've had 12 represented. Nine in an evening. Go ahead. Yeah. We we start out with a game time. We open at 7, so to speak. We begin organized activity at 7.30 with games. Then snacks. And then uh, a time of, of... We have a worship team. We have had bigger t- worship teams. <laughs> this is our worship team. You and Luke. So they call them Youke. And when we get back, we expect to see T-shirts. But... And then uh, I give a, a message, and uh, we had one young lady who later, I had given a D- Valentine's message in February, and I read the Phillips version of some of First of, uh, Corinthians 13. She, she said that was, she wanted that, and she came to the Lord through that one message, so to speak. And now is very active. She comes to us for counseling. I'm too busy. They
2: want me to do too much.
1: She's part of worship team working two or three locations. So, praise the Lord for His Word. Pray you the Lord of the harvest. That's harvested rice. You don't make a dry bouquet of rice. It only hangs. You know the disciples, they got in trouble with that wheat. Blow it off. Eat rice, if you do that with rice, you'll grind away your hand. When, we, when I was a kid in Japan, they just lay it down on asphalt or cement and we'd run over it. That's why they had to winnow it. and you, The custom still is to wash your rice. But in those days, it was to pick out the pebbles and after a couple of weeks, to pick out the extra protein. <laughs> it would become weevil and infested immediately. But Japan is ripe under harvest as she never has been. And with our young... With our Chad and Jennifer in Ishinomaki, there's been an openness even to older people uh, we just don't see in Japan. Uh, so pray, the Lord of the Harvest, that uh, this post-war born uh, church as it comes to its time of maturity, that we will see an evangelism in Japan uh, that re- reaps a harvest that we have yet to have seen. Uh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Bob.
0: and uh, share from the the Word for just a few minutes. And uh, before He does, I thought you would join me in prayer as we we pray for the opening of the Word and and the sharing this morning. Father, we come this morning to say thank You for the grace that You have poured out on us. And As we open Your Word, we acknowledge, uh, as always, Lord, that we are opening Your God-breathed Word. And and through Your Holy Spirit, we ask for, for guidance, instruction, and blessing on Paul as he shares it and and prepare our hearts even now as, as as He's just moving up here to receive what You have for us this morning and that there would be a point in time this morning where we could say there's something special in, 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 in walking away from here that we've come closer. We've been in Your presence. We worship You. We thank You for Your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: and I haven't been the same since. You know, this is a special corner of our America. You're right in the middle of the highway of the Redwoods. We had to take some time out yesterday at the Earhart uh, Grove and take some pictures. We couldn't just... Well, they still... The stew was just softer when we got there. Uh, we had several of those kind of interruptions yesterday. Uh, we said, we can make Crater Lake. We'd gotten a really early start. Uh, my, my sister takes care of, she has a foster care home in, in, in Oregon, and uh, she's got one widow lady right there now that just was giving her a real problem. And so it helped us get out of the house 30 minutes early. We miscalculated our, 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 our distractions, and so we didn't arrive at 5, we arrived at 6, and uh, we're here, and uh, pardon us if we start coming back every time we're in the States. <laughs> we got a place to stay, and uh, even if we don't preach, uh, there's something you're worshiping this morning, in a really quiet, but... Important way, prepared our hearts, the scripture reading for what I would have to share this morning. And I'm right in keeping with our brother's word of introduction. If I had but one opportunity to speak, if I knew this was my last message, and at this point in life, Phil and I, we both think about that every day, it would be the gospel. I would follow in the example of Paul, Luke, Mark, our Lord himself, as I am today. Speaking of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God. And in our brother Bob's words, I would say it this way. I always come to the pulpit hoping to be used of God. I don't take it lightly to be here in this place. and I'm always nervous and with a prayer. That's why I sat back there in that reserved seat asking the Lord to give me some extra. Our being together this morning, will it make a difference in your life? I grew up with God and Jesus as part of my life. My dad was, I was born in Hepner, Oregon. That's over there in Pendleton country. You may know where Pendleton is, but Heppner is actually a county seat. There's a big dam up there, and when the earthquake happens, they're going to wash Heppner off the map. My dad was also preaching in a little place called Lexington in the afternoon. My mother said I was just a very nice place to hold her hands. So... I've been hearing the songs, I've been hearing, I heard my dad preach before I was born. But it wasn't until I preached through the Gospel of Mark, and if we have a text this morning, it would be the first 15 verses of the Gospel of Mark. And you can look at it in the first verse, and then verses 14 and 15, and I'll tell you what's there later anyway. But it wasn't until I preached through the Gospel of Mark, Peter's Gospel if you will, Most of us who have a biblical education think Peter wrote it, or it was Peter's gospel after Peter was martyred. But I came to understand that the gospel is not about how we become Christian. Just just last week was with a brother I baptized, he and his wife both. They had a lot of trouble times. Well his father in law found him in bed with his wife his girlfriend climbed through the bedroom window. Now, that's a way to start out a marriage. That's the way some cultures start a marriage. They don't get married until you know, something like that happens. Now, you know dad-in-law wasn't. And grandma, she, she's kind of dementia. And when she walks in, she says, I used to hate you. <laughs> but when I talked about gospel, he says, oh, yeah. And he gave me the five steps immediately. He says, I got him up on the wall for my kids, my grandkids. I always thought... Here, believe, repent, be baptized, and live the life. That was the gospel. The gospel is what it is about. It's why we use the words
2: "good news"
1: for it. And when you have a new granddaughter, grandson, and then we got a couple of types running around, somebody. That was good news when they heard about it. Any any sports fans here? And when the home team, or when your team, it's good news. It wasn't until I preached through the Gospel of Mark that it came to me to search out the significance of what the Gospel is. I would suggest they came out to hear Jesus. To hear Jesus. Not just to see Jesus. Not even just to be healed. But He spoke as one with authority. and What they heard Him speak to for them was good news. I want you, I want us to think about the Gospel today in relation to our daily life. Not how we came into the Lord, but what is ours for having come into the Lord. Is it too philosophical to ask us to think about what does it mean to have a Christian worldview? How to think about life as a Christian? What's back of it all? Who am I? What am I? Purpose. What comes after death? How do we know the difference between right and wrong? We live in a culture that is so pluralistic. I'm sorry, I'm not talking about America at the moment. I'm talking about Japan. How do you know what's right and what's wrong? Think about the psalms for just a moment. Psalms by title is a book of praises to God. Much of it prayers, But it was sung regularly. The worship team sang the psalms once in a while. Our worship team sang the psalms too. Some of them are kind of modern psalms made up by brothers and sisters of the Lord today. But the grand theme of the Psalms is praise to God. How God is the center of life. History. Creation. How God is overall. Creator of all. How He maintains, sustains, and preserves us all. The creation under God was a cosmos or a harmony. Not the chaos that followed the first atom. And the America on a slippery slope. America doesn't know any more different the right the difference between right and wrong than Japan the great faith of toleration, tolerance. In Japan, my daughter-in-law and her father and family say they are mu shukyo. Now, don't hear that as being atheist or unspiritual, but hear it as being, I just believe in religion in general. And We're hearing that Big house, clear across the nation. The grand theme of the Psalms is God. And ultimately all will be compelled to acknowledge Him. It is absolutely necessary to be dependent and responsive to God. Irrespective of whether we accept that or not. Paul's word in Romans, those first chapters, is it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. We all stand outside. In standing outside of Christ, we stand condemned. You got the verse out there. I went out to double check that I didn't have it wrong. I, I don't keep references in my head very well and I never did memorize Scripture very well. Ephesians four eleven to 13 says, It's God's will that we become truly human. What He intended us to be as His creation. The apex of His creation. Another word for that is mature. There's no true maturity without having reconciled oneself to the Creator, our Heavenly Father. The Gospel of Mark starts out by saying, this is the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. When I read that, when I was preparing to do a series on Mark, I thought, oh, great, great, great. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And to think it's Peter's way of telling it all. But in verse 14 it says, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the Gospel of God. Uh oh. Verse fifteen. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Uh oh. Uh oh. This is getting awful theological this morning. The gospel of Jesus, the gospel of God, is that the kingdom of God has come. Okay. Asking us to think of the gospel in terms of our everyday life. The grand theme of the scripture is God. And Jesus, in Luke 4 21, says, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What? that the kingdom of God is fulfilled, as Mark said it. God is, and in Jesus, it was read this morning, here I am. In the Scriptures, Genesis through Revelation are two threads woven into one. The fall of man into the chaos of the first Adam. With the promise of God's Word, I will yet make it possible for my creation, man, to be a part of my eternal plan and purpose. That's why gospel is about bringing God into everything that my daily life is about and all that is happening around me. Male and female created He them, and He called their name Adam. You shall bruise him on the heel, Satan, but he shall crush your head. This is the Gospel. The realization of God's promise in Jesus Christ. Today, this Word is fulfilled in your presence. Interestingly, Mark piques our interest with his telling of the gospel by going on and on and on and on in an excited vocabulary and ways of talking about Jesus, but never telling us what the gospel is, what the message is. He's preaching. Got to go to the next town. Until finally in the fourth chapter, where you have four of the kingdom parables. And I'm just quickly giving you the outline. That first, this gospel is open to rejection. The seed, the gospel. Secondly, we are to see everything in view of the gospel. I especially appreciated Bob's reiteration of the verses because I would have brought it up anyway. He used the word, he emphasized the word "rain." When we say kingdom, in Japanese that's lost on them. With us it is close to being lost. But when you use the word "rain," then you begin to recognize how God's reign, God's being a part of our active, ongoing thinking processes. And we look at everything through God's eyes as his Possible in Jesus Christ. Then the farmer. I don't know if there's any farmers here other than gardens. We don't talk about logging around here anymore, do we? Not much. much. (laughs) I don't have anything to do with it. I just put the seed in the ground and stuff happens. The message of Ephesians, how great a plan we are a part of, But in chapter 6, God's plan is not going to be interrupted by you, but if you want to be in it, you better safeguard against the destroyer taking that out of your life. You and I are involved in a absolutely successful, thousand percent interest gain program. That hundredfold. Is a thousand percent interest, he promises us. We can't mess his plan up. But be careful that you stay involved. And then finally, as an unimpressive as it appears to be, ultimately, ultimately it is beyond anything we can imagine. We can put footnotes on it and talk about it. But we're only touching what is out there waiting for us. Present. Future. This message permeates Acts. It permeates the Gospels. 38 times in Matthew. 19 times in Mark. 32 times in Luke. John, you have to read into his vocabulary 38 times. In Acts, again and again, the gospel of God, the kingdom of God. From Peter's sermon, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. As the church advances from Jerusalem through the world, and pardon me, in our group, we often bring up the emphasis of baptism. When you do that, you miss the fact Others miss the fact that as the gospel proceeded, it also went to the dispersion. That's right there in Acts. And it's always the message of the gospel. Perhaps the clearest this is made evident is in Acts 20th chapter, verses 24 through 27. Paul says. I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Oh, pardon me, it's a diversion, but did you know Paul is responsible for, well, you probably knew this, over half of the New Testament writings. We talk a lot about grace. Without grace, none of you or myself would be here today. But Paul is the only one who talks about grace. Why was grace such a theme to Paul? Nobody knew God's grace like Paul had experienced it. The gospel of grace. And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. The significance of God reigning. In my library I have a set of books five foot long. I never look at. I even have the index where it's available to me so I can look up stuff I'm interested in. There's something on the computer today That even I use. I've got a 10,000 volume theological library, and I go Google. (laughs) Refill. Perhaps some of you have heard of the Harvard Classics. 51 volume, five foot long, based on all the great ideas of the Western world. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the greatest idea in human history is the gospel of the kingdom of God. How the Creator of all, and especially man, made provision for His fall from grace through His only Son, Jesus the Christ. I will yet make it possible for my creation, man, to be a part of my eternal purpose and plan the kingdom of God. The reign of God. I don't know where Ephesians and those first verses come in people's, what are your favorite passages? But they would have to be the favorite of so many. God has allowed us to know the secret. And that's a message in itself. It's the word mysterion, uh, mystery, Alexander the Great conquered the world of his time. Only Genghis Khan had a greater kingdom. The greatest in all mankind. Time. But he did not reveal the battle plan until it was over and the victory had been won. Then in his tent, he would show each of his generals, his commanders, how they had played a part in the victory. And this is Paul's vocabulary here. God has shown us the secret of his plan. When I read that the first time in Phillips, I thought, Wow! Lord, that's Sunday morning. Set this aside. We're going to come back to this. And it led to so much of what has happened in my life. since. God has allowed us to know the secret of his plan. And it is this. He purposes in his sovereign will that all human history shall be consummated in Christ. That everything that exists in heaven or earth shall find its perfection and fulfillment in Him. And here is the staggering thing. You know, He has already said, you are my holy and perfect children. Adopted. Adopted. In that Roman Empire, even as in Japan today, Families without a son will adopt a son into the family so there is somebody to inherit it. In that Roman culture, they had that practice. You could disown your own children, but you could not disown an adopted son. Here is the staggering thing, that in all which will one day belong to him, we have been promised. Then in the later of that first chapter, I never give up praying for you. I never give up praying for you. And this is my prayer. That God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the all glorious Father, will give you spiritual wisdom and the insight to know more of Him and so that you may receive that inner illumination of the Spirit which will make you realize how great is the hope to which He is calling you. The magnificence and splendor of the inheritance promised to Christians, to believers. That elite Jewish audience in Luke, John 6. How can we please the Father? Honor what I say of thyself. I am Messiah. And how tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God. That power is the same divine power which was demonstrated in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. That's the Holy Spirit that is in the believer's life. And it's intended to give us a sense of success and fulfillment and purpose throughout our daily lives. And know that this splendor and magnificent inheritance is something that extends into the heavenlies as we pass from this life. Finding meaning, purpose, fulfillment in life is only by seeing everything through the lens of the kingdom of God. A God-centered life made possible through Jesus Christ. I learned too in preaching through John, first John, it's not about Jesus. It isn't? No. It's about how Jesus is the one who brings us into the relationship with our Creator and gives us life meaningful. A God-centered worldview. A God-centered life. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy gospel be true for every one of us. This day, these days, unto heaven's life. Evangelism, discipling, is taking this good news to the world. Out there, out there, and at our feet. The gospel of Jesus. The gospel of God. I will yet make it possible for my creation, man, To be a part of my eternal plan and purpose. The reign of God. And lo, I, Jesus, am with you always.
0: Good news. It's what is so awesome that you know Isaiah was looking to when he said, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace and brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says, to Zion, your God reigns. Good news is peace. With God. You know, we, we just talked about that last week. Shalom. Shalom. Being at peace with God in the context of knowing that our sins are covered, His grace has secured us. And I was just thinking as I was going through this and, and, and realizing uh, last night, even uh, I, was, I think I shared it with Brad, how it just seemed that this scripture was going to tie the, the Out of Isaiah was going to tie things together this morning. And, uh, you know, the thing that happens with Isaiah is that he goes on to write. Right after he writes uh, writes those verses in chapter 52, he writes these things at the end of chapter 52 and 53. Turn one page back here. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be highly lifted up and shall be exalted. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. We all understand that, you know, as you put this together, what Paul, uh, what Isaiah is talking about is the servant who would suffer for us, Jesus Christ. He goes on to write. And all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He has laid on Jesus the iniquity of of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like sheep that before his shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He goes on... To, to share the, the the things that happened at the cross and and what I want you to see this morning is going from what Paul has shared with us this is is looking at what this good news the good news of Jesus Christ you know as you were sharing I was thinking of Reuben Ratchlev and and uh, and uh, his referring to the crimson thread. It was a term that he liked to use. uh, You know, from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament is the blood of Christ, and it's either foreshadowing it, like we see it here, or it's talking about it's happening, or it's talking about how it happened. But the reality is that the blood of Christ has been, always has been, before the foundation of the world. Is the plan of God to redeem us, to make peace at the throne, to cause a fallen world to be able to come before Him in the holiness of Christ, because only what is holy can come before God. When we're told to be holy as He is holy, through Jesus Christ it happens. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit then comes and causes us to realize that it's not just something that happens to us, but it's something that transforms us, changes the way we think, to the point where, as we've shared out of the Beatitudes, we begin to hunger and thirst for His holiness, His righteousness, to rule and to reign in our lives all of this comes through what happened at the cross that's why we share communion every sunday it is the very central fact of the good news is that jesus christ died on the cross suffered our iniquities fully and completely to the point where on the cross he could say it is finished so that we might rest in His grace and have peace with God now and forever. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to share in Romans 8 how we are going to be joint heirs with Jesus. What a powerful picture. It's all because of what Jesus did at the cross. And He gave us this table to remember as often as we would gather together what he has done until he comes again. I'd ask the ushers to come forward. Um, if you would uh, uh, pass the emblems out, hold them until we've all been served and we'll share it together. We get to picture in the Gospels, and, and, and Paul repeats it for us in 1 Corinthians, that, uh, that powerful picture of Jesus, the night He was betrayed, taking bread, and after giving thanks and, and, and breaking it and giving thanks, He, he gave it to the disciples. And he just he makes this one simple statement. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hold for a second, though. What is it you are to remember in the sense of the bread? And it's not just the fact that he died on the cross. I think sometimes that's all we tie to it. I always want to remember that we tie to it all of it. That he emptied himself and became flesh the God of all creation, the one whom creation was... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, came and dwelt among us. He became flesh. And He allowed it to be destroyed, if you will, to give life completely, totally, for us. Let us do it in remembrance of Him. And not just... That he would live for us and 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 come to us in the flesh. But he sealed it so completely when he used the cup of wine to be the symbol of poured out blood to purchase. Because that was clearly an old testament picture. The life is in the blood and it's poured out to cover the sins of man. And and so he he made it very clear not only have I come in the flesh, not only have I been broken for you in, in a sense but I am giving my life for you, it will purchase the covenant of grace. And again, having done that, he said on the cross, it is finished. And so we honor him in remembrance until he comes again as he's asked us to, to do this in remembrance of him. Father, we thank You for a very rich morning. We ask, Lord, that Your Holy Spirit would work in us in such a way that not only as what we've received this morning and and here now in a sense of of, of using it and thinking about it, but that it would be something that You, through Your Holy Spirit, would carry with us, uh, not just today, but for the rest of our lives. and And just that awesome truth of who You are, what you have done, what you are doing, and what you are yet to do. And that we would want to be the bearers of good news. Cause us to be what you need us to be, what you want us to be, in your kingdom's work, wherever you have placed us. Give us a hunger for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we.